Today, you are going to be hearing a sermon from one of our ministers here on staff. We hope this word blesses you, and remember that we love and appreciate your time here. Now, let's hear what the Lord has for you today. Hallelujah. Come on, can we give the Lord some praise tonight? Come on, lift your hands up and give him a good shout of praise. Glory to God. Glory to God. Amen. Good to be in the house of God. Amen. Before you have a seat, turn around and greet your neighbor. Let him know it's good to see him. Good to see you, my brother. Hallelujah. I want to welcome those who tuned in tonight to watch us on live stream, amen. I know we got some, some people watching us in Hawaii, amen, amen. I uh, got a text from one of the brothers who used to come. I don't remember Lance and Carla. They're up in Hawaii there, and uh, they watch, amen. And I know in Northern California, amen, House of God is, is on fire tonight, amen. I love that song. Vamanos. I love when he opens up with that. Amen. If you have your Bibles, turn to the book of Mark. Book of Mark. Amen. How many like cats? All right. Cat lover. Amen. I got a, I got a cat issue right now. Amen. They just show up at my doorstep. And I got, I got you know, my daughter has two cats indoors. And, and then we got all these cats. And they're hood cats, man. I'm telling you. They're audio. They're, they like, you know, and we feed them. And then now I got a, a cat who showed up and she's pregnant. Amen. So, you know, some of your kids are going to get some kittens for Easter. Amen. I'm going to tie a little bowl around them. Here's one for Prevail. Here's one for everybody. Everybody's getting a kitty. Amen. Amen. But their good thing, the good thing about the hood cats is uh, I have no gopher problem. All my neighbors have gopher problems, but I don't. Amen. They're good in that sense. Mark chapter 10. This evening, I want to minister on having a servant's heart. Having a servant's heart. See, uh, when you reference the word serving, oftentimes you'll ask somebody, another believer is like, you know, how long have you been saved? And sometimes you'll say, oh, I've been serving the Lord for X amount of time, 10 years, five years, whatnot. Um, with emphasis on serving, but what does it actually mean to serve? And when you go through the Bible, there's a great example given to you and I through Jesus Christ. And it reads this way. In Mark chapter 10, verse 45, It reads this, it says, for even the son of man did not come expecting to be served by everyone, but to serve everyone and to give his life as the ransom price in exchange for the salvation of many. Pray with me tonight. Father, we thank you, Lord, for this evening. Father, Father, for those who are here in attendance, Lord God, and those who are watching us, Lord God, I pray, Father, Lord God, that our hearts are open. They are receptive, and Lord God, that your word go forward. Lord God, through me, Lord God, anoint me, Father, for your word is anointed. 
I pray, Lord, that tonight, Lord God, that we are challenged. We are challenged, Father God. And Lord God, that we would be disciples, Lord God, followers, learners, Lord God. This I pray, Father, in your son's blessed name. Amen. 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 So to answer the question, what does it mean to have a servant's heart, one must look at what a servant is. Paul, in Philippians, when he was in prison, he writes the letter and he states it this way. He says, he existed in the form of God, yet he gave no thought to seizing equality with God as his supreme prize. Instead, he emptied himself of his outward glory by reducing himself to the form of a lowly servant. He became human. Paul, in Philippians chapter 2, 17 and 18, he mentions about his own personal life. He says, if, if I am to be poured out as a drink offering upon the sacrificial offering of your faith, I am glad and rejoice with you. All. Likewise, you also should be glad and rejoice with him. See, in what Paul was referencing there was is that when one would make a sacrifice on the altar, they would pour wine over it. What that indicated is that the sacrifice was complete. So when Paul is talking here, he's talking about being poured out, being emptied out. An individual who has a servant's heart is one who is ready to be emptied out for the glory of God. I wrote down five traits of a servant. The first one is a servant is a person who meets the needs of others. A servant is an individual who sees an, an individual who's in need of prayer, who's in need of support, and they go out of their way to minister to that individual. That is a person who has a servant's heart. Secondly, a servant is an individual who puts themselves under submission to another. Amen. See, that's a, a task in this day and age because not everybody wants to submit to authority. We challenge authority. Amen. Some of you, amen, had a nice pair of, 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 of bracelets because you challenged the authority. <laughs> you would challenge it. You would not submit to it. You didn't care what badge they had. You didn't care how big the gun they had. You fought them on it. It's in our nature not to be uh, submissive when it comes to authority. The third thing is, is a servant is humble. Humble. It's a word that you don't often hear in this day and time because many of us, myself included, don't like to be disrespected. We'll feel that, you know what, uh, how dare they? They don't know who I am. They don't know where I grew up. They don't know, the, they don't know all these things about me. But Paul in Philippians 2, he says this, is do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit. But in humility, count others more significant than yourself. Let each you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. Have this mind among yourself, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, 
but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant. Of a servant. See, an individual who wants to have the characteristics of Christ will seek out in prayer and in character having a servant's heart. Being empathetic towards people. Being compassionate towards people. We know the story of the Good Samaritan. Hospitals and wings and and many, many facilities are named after the Good Samaritan of this one act of duty that he took upon himself. The Bible said that as on his journey, that those, those of religious sect would see an individual who was beat down, who's seen a, a person who had been, who'd been trotted, who had just been left there to die. Bible says that they crossed the road, didn't want to deal with it, didn't want to uh, pour into that individual. But the Good Samaritan, the Bible says that when he saw them, that he had compassion for him. See, you and I, we in this world that we live in, we're going to have many opportunities to show compassion, to show kindness. You don't have no idea how sometimes just a smile and a thank you can go a long way. Can go a long way. I told you this story some time ago about a pastor who was out on the streets and, and he had a sign, he says, if you need a hug. Everybody walked by, mocked him and everything. But then this one woman came by, she stopped, and she said yes. He gave her a hug, and the tears started to flow. She just kept weeping and weeping. And then when she stepped back from him, she said, you know what, I haven't hugged someone in over 10 years. And he said, you know what, he goes, I could feel I could feel in her hug how she just felt that somebody cared about her. That somebody said hello to her. That somebody, because oftentimes we can look at individuals on the street and feel sorry for them. We can have sympathy for them, but we don't have empathy. Well, we say, you know what, how can I help this individual? Or do we pray, Lord, send somebody their way. Lord, send a servant, Lord God. You were that servant. We were that servant. The fourth thing, a servant perseveres. Perseveres. In Luke chapter 12, verse 35 through 37, and then I'll jump to 38, and I'll read it in that form. It says, stay Dress for action and keep your lamps burning. Blessed are those servants whom the master finds awake when he comes. Verse 38. If he comes in the second watch or in the third and finds them awake, blessed are those servants. The work that you and I have been given is long and tiring and receives little thanks or recognition but it seems to count for a little, a little. See, a faithful servant will find a way to persevere. Persevere, press on, prevail, continue on. Even when you don't feel it, because how many here have those moments where you don't feel like doing anything? 
You don't feel like witnessing. You don't feel like, man, you woke up on the floor. You don't even, you don't even, what you call it, don't talk to me. Don't, you know. We've all had that moment. But we don't stay there. We don't stay there. You ever have a pity party? And didn't invite nobody? And it's just you and you feeling sorry for yourself. Nobody loves you. Nobody talks to you. Nobody prays for you. You get no likes. <laughs> you know, all, 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 the, all the bad things, that's you that day. And you know what? You, you, but then you see somebody who is going through something much tougher than you. Tougher than you. You know, what I used to, like, as you walk through the hospital and you go through the corridors, different levels from the ICU down up to the acute care, up to critical care, all these, you, you always see individuals who are having a very difficult time. But then you always have that whiner in the ER who's complaining because their finger hurts. <laughs> and they sit there for hours and wondering why it's not important to you or the staff, and they're just saying, let, let them sit there, it'll go away in a while. And they'll tell you, oh, it hurts when I do this. And I say, well, then don't do that. <laughs> so a servant perseveres. Number five, a servant serves where needed. A servant serves where needed. An individual who has a servant's heart sees the needs and makes themselves available. They make themselves available. You don't have to be, you know, what, uh, anointed with oil and, and given, you know, go through a class. Look, at, there is a need. Pastor, I want to be available. I want to help. I want to help where I'm needed. I need to, I, I want to be a part of the family of God. I want to be a part of what God is doing. A servant serves where they're needed. In 1 Corinthians chapter 9, Paul writes this in verse 22. He says, for though I am free from all, I have made myself a servant to all that I might win more to them. I have become all things to all people that by all means I might save some. I do it all for the sake of the gospel that I may share with them in its blessings. See, if we're going to be part of what God is doing in this 21st century, we need to step forward and say, God, I'm ready. God, send me. God, use me. Use me, God. Lord God, place me before the right people. We were talking about this some time ago, and I noticed that some of the ministries are having, having a, a, a revival in convalescent homes. Convalescent homes. And the majority of the people that are in convalescent homes don't get very many visits. So when, when, when ministers come in, when, when, when a, a, a trio of a couple people in a guitar and just, you know, sit in that, in that uh, waiting area and sing songs, it lifts them up. It brings them in and they feel like, you know what, some of them grew up in, in, in the things of God, some of them didn't. But we never know the opportunities that we miss out if we don't take a chance and step forward in faith. Where we say, you know what, God, use me. Because you never know when one person's last moment on earth is. Never do. So we make ourselves available. The New King James Version 
describes it as having a servant's heart means to not only put others' needs ahead of your own, but to serve with the right motivation and attitude. That is to put God's will first. God's will. God, what would you have me to do? What would you have me see? What I've learned is that God sometimes puts you in situations that you're uncomfortable in. You don't feel comfortable doing the, you know. I, I mean, I, and I've referenced this, this many times. When we taught the, the tweens, I didn't want to do it. Didn't want to do it at all. I raised my kids. I want to be around church kids. Bad church kids. Right? But every one of those kids grew up loving God. Serving God. And man, we had, we had a, I had them from the fifth grade until they were ready to go into the eighth grade. And, and you know what, man, they, I, God, would, God would use them. I would, I would bring them and let them uh, teach a lesson and, and, and we would do projects and stuff like that. It was, it was a great time. And, I, and I, if I was to look, if I was to tell you right now, looking back, that was the key that God challenged me to do greater things. I didn't have a desire to preach. I was good where I was. I was working in the field, in the nursing field. I didn't have to. I I felt like, man, I'm doing enough. I'm taking care of people. I'm helping people find healing. I'm I'm doing all these things. But God says, I want you to preach my gospel. So I preached to the kids. And granted, it wasn't easy. Was not easy. But I saw the fruit from our sacrifice. I saw individuals maturing in Christ. I saw these young men and women growing up, having the desires, staying in the house of God. That's the blessing. That's the blessing when you see the fruit. When you see that that your labor was not in vain, that is the blessing in itself. So let's look at some examples in the scriptures. By becoming a servant, Jesus provided a living and breathing example for you and I to follow, to treat others in the approach we are to take in a relationship. In Mark 9, 35, sitting down, Jesus called the 12 and said, anyone who wants to be first must be the very last and the servant of all. Servant of all. See, God's kingdom operates different from an earthly structure. Greatness in God's kingdom does not come from occupying position, of power or being praised by men. God is more interested in the servant's heart and our attitude towards others. See, if you want to be great, you must be least. One person said this, he said, if serving is beneath you, then leadership is beyond you. If you want to be a leader, you must be a servant. If you want to be a leader and lead individuals, you must be the least. Paul here in his scriptures talks about being poured out. Jesus was poured out. So Jesus gave us the prime example of being a servant. A hindrance to being a good servant is a desire for praise. Everybody wants credit for what they do. You can't give a taco to a person on the street without posting it. 
You want everyone to see your kindness. You want everyone to see this. The thing in the Bible says is to do it in secret and your Father in heaven will reward you. Reward you. Desire for praise, power and recognition by others or self-exaltation. Always having to let people know what you and I are doing. Quiet in this holy place. <laughs> Matthew 6, 4. Resist so that your merciful deeds may be in secret. Then your father who sees them in secret will reward you. Consider others before yourself. See, that is the example of an individual. You can always tell the, the, the character of a true leader is how they treat someone who has nothing to offer them. Oh, yeah, you'll minister to that person because, you know, you know they have something. They, there's somebody, there's a connection there that you want to make. But that individual is like, oh, well, we'll get back to you. You know what? If things don't straighten out on its own, give me a call in a, in a few days. And, and, you know, so we, 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 we determine, like, who's worthy. Amen. Who's worthy. Come on. See, it's never been up to you and I to determine who's worthy of salvation. Never. God loves us all. God loves us all. You know, I've seen individuals that are like, man, they'll, they'll, they'll minister to, to the downtrodden, to the drug addict, to the prostitute and all that, but they won't say a word to a person who has a, a different lifestyle, a homosexual or lesbian. They won't minister to them. Across the board, sin is sin. Sin is sin. God doesn't look at that. You will be surprised if I was to tell you how many Gay men on their deathbed, I brought to the Lord. Didn't want nothing to do with the gospel. Didn't want nothing to, anything, minister to them, tracks, anything, inviting them to a, a church or anything. Never had nothing to do with it. But on their deathbed, when I would get a chance to go visit them, and I would ask them, would you like to ask the Lord into their heart? And they would say yes. And they were open. See, some of the times that we're sowing seeds and we never know when an individual, some of the seeds that you have sown, sometimes you won't see the fruitation. There's going to be people in heaven that, man, you said, man, you made it? Good Lord. Man, I've been trying to get you to come to church for decades. Yeah, man. Well, you know what? One day I was walking down the street, man, and the Lord spoke to me and boom. A Christian was right there, led me to the Lord. Crossed the street and got hit by a bus. We never know. We never know. Today's society, there has become a tendency to focus on self-fulfillment rather than making it a priority to serve God and others. This is not consistent with the scriptures. The focus of a Christian should be instead of knowing and loving God and from that relationship serving others according to the example that the Lord has provided for you and I. In 1 Peter 4.10, turn with me there. 1 Peter 4.10. It reads this. It says, each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others 
as faithful stewards of God, grace in its various forms. If anyone speaks, they should do so as one who speaks the very words of God. If anyone serves, they should do so with the strength God provides, so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory, the power forever and ever. Amen. Whatever we do, if, if you're not glorifying God in your service, in, your, in, in, in the, the attitude that you have, you're just self-gratification. You're just doing it for yourselves. But we have to have the attitude and the mentality that God, whatever I do, God, let you be glorified. God, let me lift your name. And Paul says, if I lift the name of Jesus, that he will draw all men unto himself. See, I know we're, a lot of us, man, we're, we're very proud of our fellowship. But I'll tell you this, the devil don't care if you go to living word or living spaces. He does not care. He is fearful of an individual who stands on the word of God, who ministers the word of God, who is bringing souls to the kingdom of God. Our own mandate is the only thing is to bring people to Christ, disciples. That's the only thing that you and I will be able to bring to heaven. That is it. David, in Psalms 84, he says, I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of God than to dwell in the tents of wickedness. He says, man, my sole purpose is to serve God. I would rather be a doorkeeper. I would rather be a janitor. I would rather be a servant. I would rather be an usher in the house of God than to dwell in the wickedness. See, a heart that is, is that fixed on serving God is serving people. Paul, in his letter to Philippians He says, do nothing from a rivalry or conceit. Don't compete. You don't go out and say, we're going to see who wins many souls today. And have a count. Look, some of you are just going to be planting seeds. Some are going to be watering seeds. And some are going to be harvesting seeds. We never know where we're at. But we must be consistent but in humility, count others more significant than yourself. See, that is the key right there, is where we put others' needs above ourselves. Where we say, you know what, God? Man, I don't have the strength to put up with that person right now. But God, show me your grace. Show me your grace. Because God had grace on you and I. Huh? Some of us were, man, some stubborn, stubborn, stubborn. Man, and you know what? I mean, gosh, you know what? They would have to do rock, papers, and scissors to see who was going to pray over you. They didn't want to be near you. Right? Because we're all going to have individual. Man, you know, don't you love it, man, when you have that one student who just listens and does it? But then you got that other, the wild card. The wild card that just doesn't listen, has a better way to do it, and they're going to prove you wrong. All these things. You, all those people are going to be put in their life. I, I look at Pastor Ruben's ministry over 50 years, and all the, all the people that throughout his years that he's, man, he has been, he has been through the ringer. And you say to yourself, man, is, this man wakes up every day and says, Lord, let me do your will. In spite of the nonsense, in spite of the trials, in spite of my feelings, in spite of all these things that I'm going through, God, your will be done. Your will be done. And see, we must have that same mentality. Work for a cause, 
not for applause. Live life to express, not to impress. Don't strive to make your presence notice. Just make your absence felt. Make your absence felt. Be that one individual that they say, you know what? Solid. Solid individual. And I, and I believe that we, we, have a, we have a good congregation here. I believe that God is just, just maturing people, maturing. The, we don't want to be that one person that lights up a room when we leave. Amen. <laughs> Let that one sink in for a minute. <laughs> James Dobson said this, he says, it's important that when I have stand before the Lord, he says, well done, good and faithful servant. I want to finish strong. I want to serve God. I want to serve God's people. I want to make myself available. Like Paul, I want to be poured out. I say, Lord, you know what? Use me. Use my family for your glory. For your glory. It can, never be, it can never be for me. Trust me, I've had some moments, man, where I just say, you know what, this isn't for me. This isn't for me. And the Lord reminds me, my grace is sufficient, Anthony. You can do it. Just keep forward. Just keep going forward. Prevail. Just keep, continue on, continue on, continue on. See, a servant's heart means to help others in love without expecting something in return. Serving in appreciation of the gifts God has already given us. I say this to new converts. In your journey to get stronger in the Lord, in this journey, you're going to have moments. You're going to have moments where you don't feel that same, that same uh, love and emotion that you felt when you first came to the Lord. Because I mean, no, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. I call that the honeymoon. It's beautiful. But then when you come back down to earth and you face trials, some, I've, I've, seen, I've heard and, and, and seen some people going through some serious trials. Hallelujah. But you know what I love? They're still here. They're still fighting. They're still coming to prayer. They're still giving. They're still serving. They're still standing. See, God, God gives us the strength to do what we can do. You know, because I don't know about you, but how many... I get frustrated when when I was a kid. I'd get frustrated and quit. Amen. Don't 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 look at me like you weren't that kid at Monopoly that flipped the table. Amen. <laughs> it wasn't going your way, so you're like, yeah, do over. But see, serving God is chess, not checkers. You got to be two steps, three steps ahead of the enemy, and he'll oppose you. He'll tell you, oh, no, you know, you're not called to do that. You're not, you know, that's not your call. You got to be, you got to be especially anointed to do that. If God has put a desire in your heart, stand on that. Pray on that. God, you have put this in my heart. God, I want to, I want to do these things that you have called me to do. And the thing is, is that the enemy will convince you otherwise. But this is where you just need to tell the devil, just shut up. Put a sock in it, man. Deal. You know what? God is going to call me. God has called me to do greater things, and I'm going to stand in that. God has called you to take a city. Hold on to that. Write that down. Pray on that. God has told you that your loved one will come to the Lord. God has told you that your healing is coming. Hold on to that. Believe on it. 
You know what? When the woman with the issue of blood, what is that? She believed. She believed that if I just touched the him, wasted all her money on doctors and it was penniless. But she knew that if she touched the hem of Jesus, that she was going to be healed. So you and I need to step out in faith. Say, you know what, Lord, I know that it looks impossible. My children, my grandchildren are getting farther and farther away. But God, I know. I know. I might not live to see it, God, but I know that one day that they're going to come to the kingdom of God. And I'm going to hold on to that. And God, for that, I'm going to give you praise. I'm going to give you glory. I'm going to give you a praise offering. And I'm going to just glorify your name because you are a good God. Good God. God has blessed us so richly that you and I, man, that we walk into the glory of God. It's beautiful to come into a nice church and and with a worship team and just people are in unity. But God wants us to do greater things. So you could be saved. But are you serving? That's it. It's simple. Stand with me tonight. Hallelujah. Father, we praise you tonight. Lord, we glorify you. Father, hallelujah. Church, just lift up your hands right now, Lord. Just praise him. Just praise him. Just praise him. Hallelujah. We love you, Lord. We glorify you, Father God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus, Lord. You're merciful, Lord God. Lord, we thank you, Father God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. I want to reach out to those individuals watching us live on stream. I know that sometimes we send them to our family members and, and we, we pray that they're watching. And then we pray that just one moment, that one time, that they'll give their heart to the Lord. Maybe you're watching us tonight, your mother, your sister, your son sent you this link to watch us live on streaming. And you say to yourself, well, you know what? Uh, I have time. I have time. Time is precious, people. Bible tells us to redeem it. Cherish it. Your little